Welcome everyone to the brand new Bolt from the Blue podcast. And uh, as you would expect, we've got our two bloody geniuses here with me. And the first one is Bernard Deneen. Bernard, how are you doing? Oh, absolutely wonderful, mate. How, how can we not be wonderful? International break, top of the league, uh, it's looking good. So yes, uh, absolutely positive and wonderful. I've never been so happy in all my life. Uh, it's amazing. We also have Mystic Ray. A, lo- a lot of them, uh, our supporters, are talking about various predictions that Ray made that came true. Going back 18 months, I've got this um, uh, this particular uh, recording that I'm about to put out that shows that Ray thought that Matthew Nunez was going to join City 18 months ago. I'm about to put that out. I'm putting it out live. And uh, Ray, you're on a roll, aren't you? I'm on a roll, mate. Yeah, I've, got to, I've got to start off with Calvin Phillips. He's top of the league. Of the league. <laughs> Put his name. Well, okay, I'll oh, tell you what, he got, he got a great welcome, didn't he? I mean, this is what yeah, I want to talk right. about City fans. City fans can be the most obnoxious, horrible people sometimes, but when they get it in themselves to support a player, it might be a little bit tongue-in-cheek at times. But, you know, that, that would have been wonderful for Calvin, the welcome he got when he came on the pitch. Uh, he, was, he got a big cheer. Up. And he played reasonably well. He's played reasonably well. I, I, I had to ha- do a couple of double takes when I saw him taking people on. I thought, is that obviously I'm miles away in the south stand? I think Calvin Phillips is a good check by his hair. It's Calvin. That was, I'm thinking, is that Oscar Bob? No, it's Cal. Not seen that. Anyway, uh, predictions. You were asking about predictions. It's all guesswork, Mike. Well, you, you, you've done a lot of predictions that have came true, Ray. Yeah, well, I, I said Maris would. I said last summer that either from our midfielders, I expected one or two this summer. And I expected uh, Gunduan and Mares were two that I mentioned because Gunduan's contract was running out and Mares was it was getting on. Didn't ex- actually expect him. Um, who else I said uh, Walker would probably stay once the talk of his con- uh, moving to Bayern. Once he hadn't gone within a couple of days of agreeing terms, uh, you know that's what the rumor was. I said, well, he's not going. He's going to stay because look, if once you know the numbers have been agreed, the money's been agreed. Why hasn't he gone? So you get an idea. Laporte, I said he'd leave. Guardiola said he'd come. I said that months and months ago. Haaland has said he'd come nine months before he came. I, I remember doing a, I think I did a podcast with, uh, or a, a video with um, maybe Bernard and possibly with Colin Savage. To look, uh, I remember doing one, where can Haaland go? And I said, there's very few options. Really, the only one is City. reasons. It's just, a, you look at these things. Bernardo, I said Bernardo would stay. I said that beginning of August, uh, second or third of August, a video I had to say Bernardo would stay. That wasn't too long after I said he might be going to, or PSG and, and the Saudis were in, but it's, it's just, you just get a feeling. You get a feeling if, if nothing's yeah, a lot, happening. A lot, a, lot of it, a lot of it's football common sense, isn't it? And that, yeah. that's what it is. You look at things, you make judgments, you don't have to come out with uh, wild things and you just look at what's happening and it's like anything. It's life, isn't it? It's life experience and it transfers over to the football world if Ray, yeah. Ray knows a lot about football, which he does, um, then obviously you can adapt that life experience to the to the football, uh, you know, scenario. It's reading between the lines as well. You know, when you, you've got an idea how City operate, they put a bid in, they might put a second, then they walk away. That's how it works in City. You get, uh, if you're lucky, you get two bites of the cherry, but usually it's just one. But things like we were t- I was talking to Bernard last week about Cole Palmer. As soon as the interest was there for Nunes, Cole Palmer was already on, on thin thin ice. As soon as we were looking at Paquita, we said, well, where does that leave Cole Palmer? It leaves him nowhere. When we were almost done, done the deal for Paquita, uh, and then you knew we were looking for somebody else. And then we got Doku as well. It's like, well, there's no nowhere for Cole Palmer. Probably Makati's gone as well because... <coughs> excuse me, I think it was, Bert, was it Bernard who said? He's played first-team uh, first football. He's had uh, somebody read today said he's played first a whole season of first team football last season at Sheffield United. He's got the option opportunity to play uh, probably a lot more Premier League first team football at Sheffield United this season than at City. So he's going, and we said Oscar Bob will Oscar Bob will be the one that stays because everybody else has gone. And there you go. It's it's not rocket science, you know, um, to to come up with this. It's just. Like Bernard says it's common sense. It's using using your brain and saying, you know, like Cole Palmer, where can he play? Okay, how many people are he fighting for? What has Pep said? Pep's not been too complimentary. He said he's either well, he's, he said it is either going to be sold or um, he's going to stay. There's no middle ground. And I just thought, you know, 
Pep wasn't shouting that he wanted to. It just all pointed to him leaving. It's just, you know, you add it all up. So I've, I'm, I'm desperate to listen. Yeah, to you, go, you go back to what Pep used to say about Phil Foden when he was a, yeah. a lad, young lad, and he first came onto the scene. And you can read what he says about him and then compare that to what he said about players like Cole Palmer, etc. And you can make those judgments because it's there. It's clear, clear as day with him what, reading between the lines of what Pep said over the years about whether players have done it, done enough that Pep, you know Pep's going to hang on to him for dear life. Yeah. Well, guys, listen. I, I've, I've got like um, I got a message from my um, my nephew, my brother's son, who's a Chelsea fan, and um, uh, he was well. talking I'm about. Very well, Chelsea. I'm quite impressed with Chelsea. <laughs> it takes some great yeah. skill to do what they're doing with their squad. <laughs> right. This is the young fellow that looks like Cavard's uh, Kelly, and he said, um, "Ask this question to Bernard." Uh, I, I, with trepidation, I said, okay, I will do it. Um, and he said, we have got Cole Palmer. That's got to hurt, right? And I was thinking, <laughs> okay, okay, I, I will I will ask that question to Bernard. And um, I'm sure that he will give you a two-word answer. Well, what word, do you say, no. Bernard? <laughs> I, don't, I don't need two words. <laughs> Just what I'll do. I, for me, Cole Palmer is whatever benefits Cole Palmer. Going there, for me, doesn't benefit Cole Palmer, but his decision, it's not just him that's made it, other people have made it as well, and that, that is what they wanted to do. And I'll, you know, all fairness to him, that's what, uh, of course, um, I think he made the right decision to move, whether he went to the right team is, a, is another matter, but I just wish him the best, and I hope uh, hope he does come through. Uh, and you say I've been doing a little look at his, his past with City when he was a young lad, very, very talented. He used to score goals for fun, didn't he, in the under-18s, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was literally, you know, game after game, he just scored goal after goal. And incredible. Was... We've seen it, we've seen it. And I hope hope for the best, but uh, yeah. I'm, not, uh, I'm not too worried about it. There was a point where people, people, were, people were overlooking Cole Palmer when he was coming through. Yeah. And apparently at 16, they were going to get rid of him. And Jason Watts fought to keep him. And I remember that season where Liam Delap was scoring a ton of goals. Everybody was talking Delap scoring all these goals. And no one really noticed the second top scorer in the whole of the league was called Pat. People, he'd gone under the radar, but he was scoring some incredible goals. But there's lots of things. You know, obviously he wants to play more. Chelsea probably sold him the dream that you will be more involved in a, in a, in a, in a role. They're probably paying him a lot more than they were paying him. I, I'm just guessing that he'll be on maybe 30 to 40 City. Chelsea will be on 80 to 100. Pop that into a five-year contract. Seven. Grand a week. Seven oh, year. Has he got a seven-year contract? Yeah. <laughs> right, well, there you go. No, but just, work, just do the numbers. The math says if he's getting four million a year after tax and agent, like, let's say he's getting best part of two over seven years. That's him set for life. That's his family set for life. We've made a lot, lot of sacrifices um, to, to help him get where he is. So... You know, these these are not always just football decisions. They're life decisions. It's his life. So, you know, I wish him I wish him all the best. But as Bernard says, I'm not sure it's the best club to. Personally, I would have thought the approach from Brighton was the one because of the way they play football, the way they develop players. And in, in two years' time, he'd have got his big money, big club move if he'd done business. And I think the, the main thing for me when I compare Brighton and Chelsea, Cole Palmer... Has gone to uh, Chelsea for forty to forty-five million quid. Romeo Lavia went for Caicedo's uh, Fernandez one hundred and five. Cole Palmer is just a, a small fry compared to all these big money signings at Brighton. He would have been one of the biggest signings they've ever made, if not the big. So he would have been, I think, more important to Brighton, and I think they'd have progressed and they'd have wanted to push him to progress. Pochettino Palmer, if you ask me, he don't know and. Chelsea fans, you can tell your your nephew, Mike, Chelsea fans are soon going to find out that Pochettino is fraud. He isn't that, okay? He is not going to take Chelsea to this land. We've seen the way they're playing really that much better than last season. They, they might do a little bit better. They might squeeze into the Europa Conference League, but losing at home to Forest, sorry, that's not, you know, that's not what, certainly not what champions do. It's certainly not what a team that's striving to finish in the top four, five, six. I think Pochettino's struggle. It's going to take him a while. He's already, already th ready to throw his players under the bus. Um, he's going to have problems there. Um, all these players are on seven, eight-year contracts on massive money. Uh, good good luck to him, but I think he's, uh, he's a dead man walking. Well, listen, Darren, if you're listening, and I know you are, and all your little buddies at school, um, you've heard from Ray, you've heard from uh, Bernard. And by the way, tell your 
your brother, my dad, he, he owes me 50 quid. And I am going to get that. I'm going to get that back. But let, anyway, guys, let's get back onto the game. Now let's go to the lineups. And for the lineups, we always go to Bernard. And here we go, Bernard. We got Ederson, Walker, Diaz, Akanji, Ake, Rodri, Kovacic, Foden, Alvarez, Doku, Doku, guys. That was a, a little bit of a surprise. And uh, Erling Holland. So, uh, okay, let's go to Bernard. Bernard, what do you think? Yeah, you know, you know what I said about using common sense to do things. Well, <laughs> I use a lot of common sense to do my pep lineups, but uh, it doesn't always work, unfortunately. Well, I got, I got eight right. I'm, I'm happy with that. I did have Grealish in my team. In fairness, I didn't know he was going to be uh, unavailable because I, I don't, for one minute, think. Doku would have got a game if Grealish had been fully fit. I don't. Ray will probably say he was dropped because he's been useless. I know what Ray's like, but uh, I can't for one minute believe that. I also had um, Bernardo in my team. That was a big, yeah. big surprise. No Bernardo, but again, looking at the team, he gave Alvarez another chance, which is fair enough. Uh, I think that was the right thing to do. And of course, I, I, I risked Lewis against Walker, but I think I don't think we're going to see as much as Lewis initially anyway this season, based on so far and obviously. Uh, if, if once Stones come back, we might see him, but uh, I'm not even too sure about that. So, still an okay team, but I was looking forward to Doku, obviously, as I think most of us were. Let's go to Ray and uh, look at the Fulham team. Now, Ray, here's the challenge. How many of these players do you really know anything about? So, we've got Burnt Leno, which I'm sure you do. Tete, Diop. Nope. Yeah, Diop uh, was um, linked with Man City. Uh, Tim Ream, Robinson, Kearney, Reed, Pereira, Wilson, uh, Jimenez, and Reed. When you're looking at that lineup, uh, Ray, how much did you know about any of them? To be honest, obviously Raul Jimenez uh, was the guy at, who had uh, fractured his skull, uh, so obviously heard of him. Kenny Tete, yeah. Calvin Bassey, who wasn't playing because he got sent off the other week. Um, I'd have heard of Tortinari. I thought that was surely Bassey. Oh, <laughs> it's not like you to me. Um, <laughs> Tim Ream, obviously, is an American player. Wilson, um, heard of Wilson. Harry Wilson. <coughs> is that the excellent? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pereira. Well, then, yeah, then again, right, we're, not, we're not supposed to know that much about Fulham. Fulham. I mean, the Fulham fans will know every single one of them, of course, but uh, particularly, you know, we certainly find Yeah, I know that. That, that, we that, know that was kind of, disres that was kind of yeah. disrespectful, but um, yeah. yeah. They're, 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 well, how have Fulham been doing so far, uh, Ray? Well, they drew at Arsenal. It's uh, ten men for us. <laughs> yeah, second points of Arsenal. Fantastic. Well, again, even United can sort of sort of manage a draw so far with Arsenal, so that doesn't yeah, say yeah, it's, it's not over yet. It's not over. Well, yet. No, it's not over yet. But at this point in time, as <laughs> we're recording this, well, I think Fulham are doing all right. They've played four games, got four points. Now you might say mm, it's that many, but. Um, I think they've had a, a reasonable start to this. They, obviously, they, in midweek, they beat Spurs in the uh, Carabao Cup. Prior to that, they'd uh, beaten Everton away from home. They'd yeah. lost at home to Brentford, surprise. But they also lost Mitrovic, who's a big, big, uh, big, big deal for them to lose. And obviously, they pasted by us. But no, they played four games, four points. What do you think and about Silver, uh, Ray? Decent manager, Ray and uh, Mike. Decent manager. I'm always puzzled by Silver because... You know, at Everton, he was bobbing. I don't know how he got his rated so highly. I was just going to say, Fulham, look, if you ask Fulham, you're playing Arsenal, City, Brentford and Everton, how many points do you think you'd get? They'd probably say, if we can get four, four points, we'll be happy, yeah. which yeah. is what they've got. And they threw to the next round um, of the Carabao Cup. So I think they've had a decent start. Um, they Probably the only game that I think, bar the City one, that they're a bit disappointed. It was losing 3-0 to Brentford. But apart from that, I think they've had a, a more than competent, capable start. To I, I don't know, Bernard. I think this guy's got something about him. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but he City he manager. has got something about him. I think. Is no, 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 no. Of the night about him, Mike. <laughs> is it, is it, is right. These, can we call them journeyman managers? It's going to be around for a long time and just end up not doing yeah. that much, but earning plenty of money as as they all do. I, th I well, think he, he's he, going to get um, plenty of plenty of jobs. No, he, I think. Yeah, you know, he was that good. The Saudis wanted him. He was that good. Well, the Saudis want you, Ray. <laughs> probably want to flog me. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, listen. Let's get into this game. I mean, I mean, I mean, if you're watching split screen like I was, 
there were all kinds of goals going in at Burnley. But um, uh, how did you think we started off, uh, Ray, uh, in the first half? Well, I think I think Ray would have wanted to watch split screen as well. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, that, that first half was was a bit of a. Let's I think Ray was still recovering from that big Brazilian guy that accosted him outside the ground. And the ladies that got me afterwards, yeah. Um, uh, that's that. That's for the that's for the adult version of. Uh, of the bought from the blue podcast, bought from the blue uh, podcast after dark. Uh, <laughs> um, but, um, let's be honest. It, it, look, a lot of people near me were on the phones. It was that exciting that game. Uh, with, you know, within ten or fifteen minutes, people were texting their mates. One guy was looking at his bets, and the other guy was looking at his fantasy, seeing what the other scores were. It, it, it weren't the most enthralling of watches. Um, look, Fulham. Uh, uh, like lots of teams before them, to up to Manchester, be compact, not give it anything away, to find ways, and they did to time waste. They found ways within the, the, these new rules, time waste, where you know they'd um, kick the ball just a couple of yards away or something, or fall over the ball, or you know they, they'd, they'd get confused or something, and all this just wasting. They just find ways, and it's it is very very frustrating. It was. And I'm sure Bernard will agree. It was a lot at times that first half because we weren't doing anything. Doku was like Doku was a passenger. He was just walking. You know, he kept putting his hand up, and nothing would happen. They won't give him the ball, or he'd try and make a run forward. The ball would never come. You know, I wanted to see a bit more of him. It was a slow start. Yeah, Bernard. Um, I think snooze fest was the um, the the most uh, uh, entered uh, on Twitter. I think. Until the goal, um, I know Bernard takes notes, takes a lot of notes. Um, is there anything you've got to say before the goal, Bernard? No, I think we mentioned Doku there. I he has he had the same problem that Grealish has. Say Fulham are that compact. These teams come to the Etihad, and there's no space for him to move into. There's nothing. There's a couple of little drag backs he did, but as soon as he gets past one guy, there's another guy there. There's not a lot of room to manoeuvre in. So you know, uh, it, it's the only chance we've got is if we actually hit the team on the break. And the thing is, these teams are attacking City, but we can't do that, can we? So it did turn into a. Oh, I mean, 31 minutes when we finally got the goal, but the first 30 minutes, as Ray said, only because of the way Fulham are compact and played the game. It was very difficult for any of the uh, City players to, to find a way to, to liven things up, let's say. And uh, as Ray said, people were on the phones near him. It was a, a similar thing near me. We were trying to sing as much as we can. There was not hardly any Fulham fans there to uh, to to actually bounce off against. It, it was quite difficult getting ourselves up up for a lot of that 30 minutes. So, Ray, are you saying that Doku is no Riyad Mahrez? He's no Riyad Mahrez? Mm. That's Doku my question. Still, he's 21 years old. It was his first game. Pep's well, not even there. Arsenal so. have scored. Oh, 98 minutes. minutes. <laughs> 98. <laughs> 98 minutes. <laughs> uh, well, Fergie time. Squeaky yeah. bum time. Um, but the th thing is, um, look, look Doku's 21 years old. It's all new to him. He's been, uh, you know, an exciting player in his own league. Same as Grealish, same as Mahrez in his own in their own team in the past. They come to City, they have to change because you can't afford to lose the ball. That was I saw this and has, I, 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 and I'm sure the players were shouting at Doku because he lost the ball a couple of times early on. And um, it's it's an easy thing to do to shout at the at the new guy when he loses the ball. Something that Gundogan used to do this. Gundogan loses the ball, obviously he shouts it himself. If someone else loses it, he might have a pop at them. And I think a couple of people had to go at Doku. And I think the worry I had was that he'd uh, shrink and retreat into his shell. Um, but, you know, in the first 10 or 15 minutes, he had one good... Uh, oh, I, I can't call it a dribble because he stood his man up and from a standing start, tended, you know, fainted to go one way, flipped it the other way and legged it. And that's it. The defender had no chance to put a cross in, amount to anything. Soon after, I think he swapped with Foden or Foden decided to go on the other wing. And Doku did the same with the with the defender on the other side, and he actually put in a decent, uh, I think, another decent cross that uh, came to Foden at the far post, and he just controlled it well enough. It was clear. I thought Foden had a chance, a one on one, to make some space, and you know, and have a shot from within ten yards at the keeper from a right tightish angle, uh, and everybody would have been screaming Doku's praises and saying he's another Leroy Sane if if he'd got an assist in his, his debut. So those moments were good, uh, but I'm, I'm quite. 
like that. And I think in the second half, I just felt he was more into it. He looked a bit more confident. So he'd get the ball, he'd, he'd lay it off very quickly. One thing that he does differently to, there's a few things he does differently to Jack Grealish, um, is when he cuts inside or when he does his movement, or when he keeps the ball, he does it at pace. So he's doing things a lot faster than Grealish. So Grealish might cut inside, he'll hold the ball up um, and, and keep it. But Doku's doing it, I think, much quicker. He's a little bit up more on the edge, so you might think he might lose that ball. But if he sees an opportunity to sneak through, he, he's taking it. So what the last thing I'm going to say, one thing that did disappoint me, with, and I hope he learns this quickly, when, I don't know what the position is, is it inside left? When the fella's going down, um, into the opposition's half and Doku's out wide. Doku just stays there. And when the fullback is, is basically he's got two men to mark and he can't, he has to come to the guy with the ball. And the pass is on inside the fullback. Doku with his pace, and Leroy Sane used to have this with Davidson, but it was slightly different. Leroy Sane would throw his hands up because Davidson hadn't passed it when Leroy wanted it. But David Silva used to delay it fractionally to make sure that. Um, when Leroy Sane ran onto the ball, no one was getting anywhere near Leroy Sane. He would be clear. Now, Doku had the same opportunity, but he wasn't making those runs. And I was really disappointed. He was just waiting out on the wing to get the ball and then maybe run at the defender. But he had no need to do that. So if, if, you're, if you're still with me, the ball is on. Play inside the fullback. Doku should be already running down the wing, collecting it, and he'll be clear. It'll be, no one's catching Doku. Yeah. I think the only person who can catch him is uh, is Kyle Walker. No one's catching Doku when he makes that run on the inside. And I just wish, you know, but it's, hey, look, it's it's his first game, City. He's 21 years old. It's like we say with everybody who joins, every new player, it's going to take a little bit. Give it, give the kids some time. Um, and I'm hoping, well, for, for 60 million quid, I hope he doesn't let us down. Well, well, guys, let, let's not forget that um, fulsome praise that he got from uh, Thierry Henry. And, and he famously said that uh, when you're one-on-one with Doku, all you can do is pray. Well, it's his first game, so we'll give him a pass. Let's go to the goal. Guys, um, big, long VAR decision here. Let's talk about this goal. Uh, let's go to Bernard for the goal. <coughs> Or Nathan, uh, well, Alvarez, actually, 31st minute. Yeah, I mean, that was the first bit of action we got to, I think, 31 minutes. And, of course, a little tapping for Alvarez. Good work by Haaland. I think he was fed through, wasn't he, by Kovacic on the um, on the diagonal of the box. Uh, yeah, Haaland did very well. So, so, so Alvarez unmarked in the box. And it was quite a simple goal when it came. Um, of course, we had to wait 31 minutes for it. But... Uh, uh, there was a check for offside. I have no idea how close that was because obviously I was at the game, so we don't get to see that sort of thing. Uh, whether Ray knows there's a chance to see it's if it was close or not. But uh, yeah, uh, a, a lead. We sort of thought, oh, that's it. Now we can we can bounce on from there. We can kick on. Ray, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I mentioned one person's name that Harland. Harland was through. Should have had a shot on target, and he scuffed it. He didn't pass it. He scuffed his shot, um, which landed uh, in, in the path of Alvarez, who had made a good run into the box, like a, a decent forward would, and he tapped it in. But, hey, you know, um, it, it just added to what I said last week where people jumped up and down. I said, Haaland not playing well. You know, he had that game where he had three chances. Uh, was it a Newcastle game? And he scuffed every one. And he had two others that he couldn't control the ball. And in this game as well, actually, there was a through ball to control it. And if he had, he'd be, he was on his own to beat. So, you know, I think it has to be said that, you know, for all the good he does, he's still hit and miss. He still scores a lot of goals, but he's still hit and miss. Um, you know, I just I'll say it again, clinical. You know, you, mm-hmm. you play against an Arsenal, a Liverpool, dare I say it, Spurs. You might only get one chance. The team might only get one or two. You need to be putting them away. You can't be scuffing your shots, you know, and, you know, at risk of getting criticised. But you can't just take the easy goals, you know. The penalty, sorry, easy goal. Um, Getting put through, if you get put through three times and you score a goal, is that a good enough percentage, you know? His last goal, well taken, but Fulham were on the floor then. So, you know, hat-trick. Oh, Ray, that's a little bit harsh. Let's go over to Bernard. Bernard, um... Uh, Alvarez has be has been becoming a little bit more prominent lately. What do you think his best position is? Oh, good grief! Uh, I don't think Pep knows what his best position is just yet. He um, 
for me, uh, I mean, yesterday he made three or four very poor passes under no pressure whatsoever uh, around about the, the final third of the pitch. And, you know, he just couldn't find a City player. And yet, obviously, he popped him with a goal. So we're going to forgive him because uh, he scored the goal. But uh, I'm not sure. I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not even sure Pep knows right, whether Ray's any better common sense idea. for that. I'm not too sure. Obviously, he was always better being a foil for Messi for Argentina when I watched them play. Uh, he's not really a foil for anyone, is he, at this point in time? He's just being himself. Yeah, Ray, do you think that Alvarez can play right wing? Well, that's where I thought he'd stay. I thought he'd, he'd be on the right wing. I couldn't see anywhere else for him in the side. Haaland's up front. I thought Alvarez would start on the right. I thought Doku would be on the left and Forden would be the number 10 because Forden's brilliant. But Forden's problem is he's brilliant anywhere up front. Left wing, right wing, number 10, false nine. Forden's your man. So, which is a shame because the, the, he's going to keep getting moved, moved around. Yes, it suits the team. Yes, it makes sure... Fordham plays, but I, I, I'd have thought after some of his recent performances that number ten spot was in for him, and, and uh, Alvarez would go on the right. It's hard to drop Alvarez at the because you know if you look at this game, he scored a goal, he did the pass for Haaland's first goal, he won the penalty. Uh, you know, so you say he contributed significantly to to what we did, and he does a lot of the running that Haaland may not do. So he's a good person to have around, um, but. I'm still, you know, I'm undecided because there are so many of the good players. You know, if 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 Alvarez plays it alongside Haaland and Bernardo's back on the right, where does Fulton play on the left? Where does Jack Grealish play then? So it's 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 difficult. Hey, hey look, it's a tough, tough tough decisions, but they're Peps. He's paid the big bucks to make these decisions, but it's a good it's a good problem to have. Well, let's go over to Bernard uh, because they replied uh, quite quickly. Uh, with the goal, and um, I thought, uh, Bernard, did you know uh, about you, but I was listening to the commentary. They were very, very harsh on Ederson. I thought that he got uh, two good hands, or at least one good hand to it. They were very, very harsh on him. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Bernard? Well, I think they were as well. I mean, if you look back on, on replay, I watched the goals again today. Uh, it took a... It took a, a Sort of deflection, another deflection, didn't he? It wasn't a straightforward shot that he failed to keep out. It took a sort of slight deflection as well on the way, um, of course, before he, it fell for Tim Ream to stick it in the net. But I, I think, I think, I think it's a bit harsh to say Edison was at fault. I think who was at fault was our zonal marking because that guy was just on his own. Um, what eight yards from the eight yards from goal on the front? There was at least three City players in and around him that weren't, weren't marking him. So I'm not going to blame Edison whatsoever. I blame the poor marking from the, the, the other City guys. I know Harlem was around and about. I don't know who else was at that. I assume Aki must have been there because it was on the left-hand side. But uh, no, I'm not going to blame Edison for that. I think it took a deflection that he did well to sort of get something on it. Uh, but obviously, it was just too easy, far too easy for Fulham to get the equaliser. Yeah, Ray, I thought that was a cracking save. But um, unfortunately... He parried it out and it was uh, slammed in. What do you think? Well, yeah, look, no, I, I don't know what the, the, the defence were doing. Uh, I remember speaking to Bernard uh, when we did our preview earlier in the week and I said, I can't see us clean sheet. We're making too many errors. It's, we, we were very sloppy. Um, and, you know, however it managed to get to the far post, how can you have somebody... I mean, I, yeah, I understand we do this zonal marking, but if you had somebody stood at the, on the uh, on each post, would that have been cleared by a city player? Oh, look, we're old school, yeah, and that's what I'd, I'd have wanted somebody hugging that post. The ball, you know, comes through, and our fella gets it, gets to it first, and, and slams it clear. That's that's what um, what the kind of football we were brought up on. But hey, you know, times have changed. Um, not going to blame Edison for that. Um, defense, uh, the defense have got to defend and help him out. Well, uh, Bernard, um, 10 minutes after half-time, uh, we get the second. There was a huge VAR check for that. Um, I don't know what you thought about that. I, mean, I, I was a bit confused, but uh, let's hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those rules that we know is wrong, but uh, as it stands, it's probably OK as a goal, but we, we know ourselves. I mean, I, I don't worry too much about that because I think back to Old Trafford last season and the and the ridiculous goal we had we had against us. It's a, it's a rule that needs sorting out. Uh, they've made this offside rules too complicated now. They, they leave a lot to people's judgment and that sort of, for me, I just want, again, like Ray was saying about being old school, I just want things to be a bit more black and white so they can't 
can't make these stupid decisions. It was a great header by Aki, of course, uh, from from the cross. Uh, Kanju, I was, we were right behind it, of course, in the south stand, and he just sort of did the splits in the air, and it went went beneath him. He wasn't in the goalie's eye line, so any any garbage about that isn't true. Uh, in the same way, the guy wasn't particularly in Edison's line last week at Sheffield United. He was probably that was probably worse actually of, of putting the player off, putting the keeper off. But uh, I'm I'm not going to cry over it unless he changed the rules. For me, it was a it was a decent goal. Well, Ray, if that had been scored against you, would you have been complaining? Um, well, that's what you do, isn't it? <laughs> this tribal nation football—that's what you do. Um, I'd been, you know, screaming that the referee was blind or whatever. I'd have been questioning the parenting of the of the linesman. Um, but I was like Bernard. I'm sat behind the goal, and uh, as soon as Aki headed that, I shouted goal. As soon as he headed it, because he was—I was shocked. He had, he was free, totally free. Put enough power on it, um, and I just thought the goalie will not get there. And even if the goalie had died the moment it hit Aki's head, I don't think he'd have saved that. I don't think he was saving that at all. And it's a small screen to blame Akanji for, you know, putting the goalkeeper off. No, the goalkeeper was flat-footed. People can watch it again. He wasn't going to save that, even if he dived straight away. I think expecting it to go there. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and the, as I said, the Akanji thing, um, he didn't move towards the ball. He moved away from it. So what do you want? You know, I understand the clutching of straws and we'd have been the same. We'd have been the same. We'd have been clutching at straws, but the the problem uh, as well think... is problem with Fulham is is what we did against United last year at Old Trafford. They lost it. They lost they lost it because of that incident. They, you know that all right. They had another half to play. We only had a few minutes to play generally, didn't we? After that offside goal, we had about twenty minutes. Remember rightly, but they, yeah. they lost the composure. The team went. It was simply the manager went. The team went, and it's what we did last last year at Old Trafford. We should have regrouped. It was only one one. We should have regrouped and gone again, and we didn't. We lost it because we were so upset yeah. and uh, Fulham and did the exactly thing is, the same in the second half they were, they were still moaning about it and that's why they ended up yeah. getting stuffed yeah the, their mistake was they were using that as an excuse so they knew if we you know they didn't put the hat into the second half the way they did the first half and whether you can say some of that's because Ooh. of that incident and it felt aggrieved possibly but I think it had moved over that they now had a free pass. They now knew that they didn't have to work as hard as they did before. They had a free pass because, if hey, if we get beat, we'll blame that. And it might be subconscious, but I think, you know, they didn't down tools, but they were nothing like the fall of the first half. And I don't think that we suddenly uh, switched it on and, and, and were so incredible that we beat them away. I think, it you know, we were incredible. Um, I, I just took advantage of them being a bit dishevelled and them feeling sorry for themselves. Well, Bernard, let's go to 3-1. And this was in the 58th minute. And uh, this was uh, Julian Alvarez bisecting Issa Diop and uh, Tim Ream, I think. And uh, that's going to be interesting because um, I think um, a couple of seasons ago, uh, Ray and I discussed uh, whether or not Issa Diop could be a Man City player. Um, not on the evidence of this show, but... Um, Lovely sweeping left-footed shot from um, from Haaland, and that made it three-one. Uh, what did you think, Bernard? Yeah, I mean, obviously we came out a little bit better second half, as as Ray said, they were still whinging and complaining and moaning at Fulham, and but it took us thirteen minutes, and I think there was a just a. I've again not seen a good angle of it, but I think when the ball went through from Alvarez, who, who put the ball through, I think I think it did it hit one of the defenders' shins, yeah. Diopo Reem's shins, oh. before it went. So we're a little bit fortunate that it fell nicely then for Haaland. But Haaland, we know we've seen Haaland miss these. We've seen Haaland put these away, and he is uh, one of those times when he uh, uh, hit it with a plum, didn't he? A lovely, lovely into the corner and uh, and gave old uh, Leno no chance. Yeah, and Ray uh, only a few minutes later. Then we get a penalty. This was Esau Diop again, fouling Julian Alvarez. And um, uh, there were certain fans on Twitter, and uh, they were not that confident about uh, Erling's ability to stick the ball in there, but he did it again. We were wondering what was going on because we, we thought, I mean, we were at the far end um, the pitch, so um, we were trying to work out what was going on. Were they arguing about who was a penalty? Someone said protecting Haaland, so it's playing mind games, that someone else would hold the ball and when, when everything's calmed down and everybody's out of the box, they'd give it to Haaland. Uh, but when he stepped up, there was only that game was, I think, at 3-1 and this was more emphatic and this was basically helping anybody who had Haaland in their pre uh, fantasy Premier League team. 
uh, get more more points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bernard, um, all across the league, there were goals going in left, right, and centre from uh, uh, Tottenham, uh, Nottingham Forest were beating Chelsea, and uh, we were kind of like thinking we we're going to end up top again, as we did, and um, it was it, it it was a an interesting passage of play between that and the next goal. I didn't I didn't personally think it was going to be um, uh, a huge score, but it ended up. Um, five for us. Yeah, I mean, I think once we started throwing the subs on, uh, about 76 minutes, it's going to break up the game, isn't it? And it's all over at four. As Ray said, it was over at three. One, it's definitely over at four. One, and yeah, the flow of the game sort of just stuttered along. Then there wasn't any real big incidents, of course, until five minutes into extra time. But it was just nice to see people like uh, Oscar Bob coming on, of course. Uh, he uh, Doku went off to some nice applause, although he hadn't, didn't have the greatest debut. Um, of course, we had, who else? Gomez. Yes, yeah, nice to see Gomez. Gomez got yeah. a nice little welcome as well. Phillips, of course, we've already mentioned the great welcome he got. With Lewis, but uh, yeah, it was all very quiet and you just thought 4-1, that's enough. But there was just one little piece of uh, magic to come, mainly from old Gomez to set it up, I think. I mean, uh, someone did comment, uh, you know, Jack Grealish, eat your heart out. But I think it's a bit cruel, in fairness. But uh, Ray will talk us through the goal, I think. But uh, some great little interplay. I I think uh, Bob had played a nice little shimmy in midfield leading up to it as well, where he took it took a, one of their players out and then played a nice pass through. So it was, a, it was a nice sort of goal, including a couple of the substitutes who we were not used to seeing that much of. Yeah, Ray, Sergio Gomez. Who on earth hey. would have thought that? I mean, he hasn't done that much, but wow. What a player. Look, we saw as a defender, he's, he's he might not be up to, to that much. He might be a bit of a pudding. Um, but we saw with the Spanish team, the under was it twenty ones in the Euros, where he was he was actually the joint top scorer. Um, he put in some dangerous crosses and he scored some goals. And here he was. I think it probably helped him that we already had loaded defenders on the pitch, so we were taking uh, you know attacking minded players off and bring, putting on some defenders. But um, he was basically out, out wide on the left. A nice bit of interplay. He got near the byline and then he just basically sold. Um, the Fulham defender a dummy and sent him one way, took the ball the other way, and he looked up. You could, you know, I've seen the replay of it. He looked up to see what 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 he could do. There's only Harlan in the box. No one else was really that busting a gut. No one else was bothered. And I think there were three Fulham players. And Harland was certainly a, a few yards behind the guy, one of the Fulham players. So basically, you know, if 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 Gomez had passed to Harland to where Harland was, that would have been intercepted. It, we wouldn't have got to. But he put it into the space in front of Haaland to the side and Haaland moved on to it. You know, now, I don't know how much of it was Haaland's movement, how much was it Gomez would it on the same wavelength. But the defender thought, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm covering this. Haaland's not getting a pass because I'm, I'm in the way. And then Han just moves three or four yards and and he just put it in that corner, slammed it home. Uh, it wasn't, you know, he didn't just leather it. He he stroked it home. He, he placed that with a little bit of uh, curl on it. And oh, yeah, it was fantastic. It's another hat-trick for Haaland. It was, uh, no, it was, it was a great goal. And he straight away went up to Gomez. It was Gomez who made that, you know, with the with the turn on, on the byline for dead. And you know, wow, we've seen Oscar Bob um, come on and the little, that shimmy in midfield. Um, you see, not Oscar Bob come on with that little shimmy. We saw Gomez. I think Lewis was involved as well, wasn't he, Ray, in that little movement yeah. as well? In that little, so it's good to see like three of the subs. Yeah, it's like, where are our defenders? You know, Lewis is up on the left wing and uh, and Gomez is up there. So you, But it, it was great. You got Lewis involved, you got Oscar Bob involved, you got Gomez involved. They all had, you know, moments of, of, of in that game. You had Calvin Phillips come on and he had good moments. And for, for that, that was that was quite good. I mean, that was not what Pep would have done. Pep wouldn't have done that. Pep would not have brought five. We brought five subs on. Would not have done that. So for for that line, Lil, we thank you. I saw him after the game, actually. I think um, some of the coaches, um, um, but uh, too shy to ask him because he doesn't speak English. So I'd have had to practice my Spanish, and I don't think my Spanish is, uh, to, to practice uh, with him. But uh, after the game, I, sh- I should have got with him. But anyway, you know, it was it was a good. Look, I mean, even you would have had to crouch down, mate, to get a picture with him. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a tiny man. <laughs> he's a tiny man. Um, there's a rude joke in there, but uh, that, that's that's another one for the Bolt from the Blue podcast. 
after. Uh, <laughs> but uh, well, he's, uh, he's got a 100% record. Give him credit. He's, he's you know, well, you that, but he's, he's been manager for two games, 100% record. Nobody else can say that. Apart from Jeremy Doku, he's got 100% record. Well, uh, Juan Malilo is uh, the mentor for uh, Pep Guardiola. Uh, uh, just coming to the end now, um, let's uh, ask uh, uh, Bern to run the rule over these uh, these kids. So we had Oscar Bob, we had Sergio Gomez, we had Calvin Phillips, we had Jeremy Doku. Um, did any of those leave any lasting impression on you, Bernard? No, I think we've seen. I've seen seen snippets of Bob that I was quite impressed in the pre-season. Uh, he's got a lot of talent. Uh, some people were saying he actually was looked far more comfortable than Palmer in those uh, friendly games before the season started. And I think obviously Doku, we can't we can't say too much yet, can we? After after one game, but uh, he's saying all the right things, and uh, I'm not too sure he'll he'll get a start in our next game, which we'll probably mention before we go. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, Philip, I'm, I'm just. Happy for Phillips. I've already talked about it, but I, ju- I just want Phillips to do well, whether he's here or Liverpool or wherever he's. Obviously, he's here now, isn't he? And he's here to stay for the time being. I just want them all to do well. And even Lewis, who seems to have been a bit uh, passed over a little bit just at the start of the season, hasn't he? You know, he, he sort of became a regular last season, and now all of a sudden Walker tends to be in that spot. But I, I think that's only because of certain players not being available like like John Stones. So we'll we'll see more of Lewis. But oh no, it's good to see as Ray said it was good for uh, old Lilo to throw him on. And, and we probably improved for the fact they did come on. I thought thought we played some nice little football and okay. Fulham had down tools by then anyway. But I thought the, the quality of the football for the last five or ten minutes while these new guys was on was probably better than for, for some of the some of the game as a whole. Well, let's go over to Ray as we go to the final section, which is called Any Other Business. Um, were any of the other results? I, I know, Ray, that you, you know, Ray tells me to piss off when we talk about any other um, uh, challengers. But um, uh, in the basic set of results that we heard, um, anything interesting for you, Ray? Obviously, Spurs are on a roll. They won five. I'm not. I wouldn't want them to start panicking. All right, they're shipping, but they played against Villa, City, and Spurs. You know, uh, they missed out on the game against Luton because Graham wasn't ready. And if they'd won that, they'd have gone into the international break with three points, possibly. Um, so I wouldn't panic for them. Spurs look all right. You can't knock Spurs. And, and as I said this uh, for a while, that they need to get rid of Harry Kane. They need to change the way they play rather than rely just on Harry Kane. Madison's been phenomenal for them. And I said at the time, he's going to be 40 million quid. He's, he's, he's same price as Cole Palmer. And who do you have? Madison or Cole Palmer? He's been revelation. I would, wouldn't have minded him at City, but hey, Spurs have got lucky. Arsenal just uh, beat Man United with two goals in any time. Um, oh, um, sorry, sorry. I didn't hear the. I didn't hear that score, actually, uh, Ray. Yeah, so, you know, uh, that, sorry, can, can you repeat that, please? 3-1. To uh, Arsenal, uh, Declan right. and Gabriel every time. Um, so they're up there. Liverpool, they thrashed Aston Villa three 0 I watched a bit of that game the first half. Yeah, they were ripping Villa. To me. So uh, Liverpool will be up there, I think. And I think those those teams: Arsenal, Spurs, City, and Liverpool. Uh, obviously, for the time being, you can't discount West Ham. You might laugh about it, but hey, look, it's, and it's only four games in. But uh, you know, Leicester managed to ride stay the course. West Ham has started well. And they're yeah, another team. Brighton have recovered, haven't they? They've only lost the one and they've won the other three, so they're doing yeah. okay. Yeah, Brighton have come back. Yeah, I was going to ask Bernard about that. Bernard, uh, Brighton three, Newcastle one. What What do you read into that? <laughs> well, Newcastle, they sit 14th now, but uh, it's early days, isn't it? But uh, it's not the start they wanted and uh, all these chirpy Geordies will be getting a bit less chirpy and uh, uh, I think Mr... Mr. Howell after watches uh, his back with uh, with those guys up there. So, uh, yeah, it's not quite what Newcastle wanted, but exactly what Brighton, what, what we thought Brighton would be. Um, you know, there's no surprise there. As I said, they probably missed out on a couple of key players they might have bought this season, might have added to them, which they've missed out on. But, hey, yeah, uh, if I was Newcastle, I wouldn't be worried too much, but... Um, They've got to show a little bit more. This could be it could be a, a bit of a bounce for Newcastle this season, especially now playing the Champions League as well. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But uh, very interesting. I think the thing is, I think with Newcastle, you've got to look at who they played. Okay, they beat yeah. Villa the first game. They've lost to City, 
that was bad. Brighton are a good side, and okay, they should have done better against Liverpool when Liverpool were down to ten men. Should have beat them, but they played three, three of the three of the teams that I think were in the top six. So um, you know, it's not you know disrespect to them, but um, you psychologically you... last year they were on a on a roll, weren't they? So obviously at the moment they're not. So as soon as they start picking up points and winning games, they'll be fine again. Yeah, I think I think, but the the, the thing that they have to be wary of it. These are the teams they need to beat if they want to be challenging. So you can beat all the other teams and finish in the top four, but if you want to take it to the next level, you're going to have to start beating your Liverpool uh, if you want to challenge for the title. But I think I think I said at the beginning of the season that Newcastle should be aiming for top four. That should be their aim, especially with the Champions League, that uh, group of death that they've got. Yep, so it's a slow start for Newcastle, but I'm sure they'll be yeah, Bernard, just get, just to get a little niggle in at my, my nephew, who's going to be listening, um, a 1-0 loss to Nottingham Forest after having spent a billion pounds. Um, what the hell is going on there? Well, they battered them, didn't they? They, bat- <laughs> they, bat- they battered them on stats. But unfortunately, it's not a matter of stats, is it? It's about getting the old ball in the old onion bag, isn't it? And that's uh, that's the problem. Obviously, they, they left that. They let that lethal striker go across the road to Arsenal and he's been as unlethal there as he was at Chelsea, Mr Havertz. He's only claimed to fame as doing us, of course, uh, in the Champions League final. But, uh, yeah, it, very interesting. I mean, apparently uh, Sterling's on a roll, but they're still getting beat. So that just about sums it up, really, doesn't it? But, uh, I, think, I don't think Cole Palmer got on, did he, the, against Forrest? Right, you know? Did no. He, I know no. he was on the bench, wasn't he? But uh, I don't think Cole Palmer's the answer. Uh, <laughs> well, I thought he did. I, I thought because Pochettino said Cole Palmer would be, will be coming off the bench. He said he said so. So, right. so he might have got off. I've got to uh, take Pochettino. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. I've got to take Pochettino at his word. Um, <laughs> that. Oh, what? What, are you, what are you trying to say, Bernard? What are you trying to say? That he's, he's um, unreliable, he's, he's dishonest. No, um, doing the, and he's a nice bloke, I think you know, he does very, very well. Sorry, he's or, a nice bloke. Right. I think I what he was hinted at being a city manager at one time, wasn't he? It wasn't really exactly, he yeah. After 62 minutes for Conor Gallagher, so right, right. His rating on my little app here was 3.1 out of five, so not too bad, I suppose. Six out of ten. Well, guys, I think that that will we'll probably leave it there. Go ahead, Ray. That's Bernard. Out of ten, how much should you give Doku for his debut? Oh, just a six. Just I'm not going to get knock him down. I'm not going to knock him up. It was just 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 basic six out of ten. Yeah. What expected for a debut? Uh, nothing, nothing fantastic. A couple of nice little things, but it was not unexpected. He might struggle a little bit against in the you know. And this is this is a real sh- culture shock for him, isn't it? Coming to this league, I think after after what he's been used to, uh, I think some of the teams yeah. he's going to have to adapt very very quickly. But uh, yeah, no, nothing bad. I, I did, I'm very surprised he played. I, I, even with Grealish not playing. I thought Bernardo would have started over him, uh, but there you go. Perhaps Lilo told Pep, well, maybe, "I'm going to play him. You can go away." But I think I think they look. They probably looked at this game and said, "If we're going to chuck him in somewhere early, yeah, yeah, this is the one." You know, um, yeah. I mean, it certainly won't be that. Certainly wouldn't be our next game. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, that's a good point. Uh, as we come to finish, uh, Bernard, what's next for City? Well, there's two weeks off. Uh, hopefully, old Pep will be back and uh, his back will be fine and he can come back and influence us. I, d- I did look across to the touchline uh, a few times. I didn't notice Mr Lilo out in the technical box much. I don't think he's into that sort of thing. But uh, we'll have Pep back. And, of course, we've got a difficult, very difficult game. Uh, probably uh, discount Newcastle at home, which we're at home. Uh, West Ham away at the moment is is not going to be an easy place to go, especially, you know, the... They're, uh, they're up for it at the moment. and uh, I know we've panned them in the past, but I can't see it with this one. So West Ham away in, uh, when we come back from the international break. And then it all it's games every midweek all the time, then, is it, with the Champions yeah. League kicking in and stuff like that. So it's going to be very, very busy. But th- thankfully, Pep will be back. Hopefully, Stones will be back. Uh, hopefully, he'll be fully recovered. And the, our only missing link will be KDB, which we'll have to put up with for a while yet. Well, uh, Ray, things are looking good. Uh, four games, four wins. How do you feel going into that long break? Well, top of the table. You know, we are apparently are supposed to be notoriously slow starters. We've had a quick start uh, this season. We we got twelve. Points. We have been you know, slow, but we've we've grafted out the game. We've, we've got it, yeah. haven't we? We've done the result last. Perhaps in the last 
seasons, we probably might have drawn at least one of those games where we've won it because of our yeah. slow start. But we might, we've managed to grind out the victories. Yeah, that's a bit. Well, guys, just a bit. Just to just to finish off, um, in this particular break, uh, they're going to decide who is going to be the Manchester City captain. So let, let's um, ask the, the guys uh, just to finish off with uh, what their opinions are. Let's start with Ray. Ray, who is going to be the next Manchester City captain? Um, for the time uh, for the time being, Cal Walker. No, that's that's very very interesting. Let's go over to Bernard. I think he might have a slightly different opinion. Let's see. You shouldn't. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, come well, on, guys. I mean, every every, every well, man and his dog is saying Ruben so, Diaz. Come on. Yeah, but wouldn't it be? I mean, the thing is, Kyle Walker is the captain, so it wouldn't be a good thing to take it off in particular. So I, I would agree with Ray on that. To me, if you ask me who should be the captain, it would be Ruben Diaz all day long. But if you look at how it's set up at the moment, not the guy who is captain isn't necessarily the captain, if you know what I mean. It's just it's just a name. It doesn't really mean that much as far as City. And, uh, not like the old days, having your, your, Mike, your Tony Bucks captains and your Mike Doyles, all, all your classic captains. It doesn't really matter that much. And because of the circumstances, I agree with Ray uh, that probably it will be uh, Mr Walker that will carry on in that role. Yeah. But Diaz is a captain well, on the pitch. A captain is a captain without being a captain. So it doesn't matter, does it? Diaz, Diaz captains the team anyway. Can I just probe Ray a little bit more on that? Ray, Ray, why, 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 Kyle Walker? You probing me, Mike. This is another one for BFTB after dark, ain't it? Yeah. Why Kyle Walker? Because he was captain yesterday. That's it. Yeah. No, that's not a good enough reason. Uh, The club captain will be KDB. Okay. Uh, While KDB's out, it'll be Kyle Walker. When Kyle Walker's not playing, it'll be Ruben Diaz. There you go. Okay. Okay. Ruben Diaz or Rodri, because they actually are the most senior players then. Ruben yeah, it's seniority, isn't it, that comes into it. It's not now to do with yeah. anything else these days. It's, it's, it's who's been there and who's way. done it it's, and been more the badge. It's certainly not going to be Grealish, Haaland, Fordham, Goku, <laughs> uh, Nunes, Bernardo. And Alvarez. It's, no, no, it's going to be, I think that's going to be the line. And uh, hey, I'll put my neck on the block and say you can come back if that's not uh, correct and blame Bernard. <laughs> whoever it, whoever well, it is, that... please please make sure we defend corners better. Whoever it is, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, guys, we'll be back with you after the next game as usual. But thanks to both guys for this particular pod. And uh, looking forward to uh, talking to you after the next game. So we'll finish it off in the normal way by saying have one on us. I love the blues. Up the super blues.